All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and today I'm here with a very special guest. I'm here with Jake Apostle. Jake, how are you doing today? What's up, Zach? I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Glad to hear it, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, and thanks for taking some time to chat today. Of course, of course. You know, you seem like a great kid. This seems like an awesome podcast, and I'm just happy to be a part of it, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. So, Jake, uh, Jake's from california like the la area and has spent the last few years in um on the east coast actually at syracuse um recently graduating and i believe you said your degree is um sports management and then business management minor yeah business minor i'm actually graduating this upcoming saturday so i'm flying to new york uh tonight but yeah awesome and congratulations again with that and yeah you know that's just kind of like the basics about you and what Honestly, I know of you right now, but um, do you mind going into your background a little bit? Maybe who you are, what you're up to, all that good stuff? Yeah, of course. So, you know, as you sort of mentioned and already touched on, I'm Jake Apostle. I'm a sport management major, business minor from Los Angeles, California, attending Syracuse University. Um, I don't know. I think this is one thing I like to pride myself on is I'm from Valencia, California, which is like a suburb 35 minutes north of Los Angeles. And I'm Filipino. And, you know, being a Filipino kid that's into sports, you don't really see many of us. Like, um, I talk about this a lot, but, like, I realized at a young age that I was never making it to the league. I was never going to play professional basketball, but I always knew I could help those players that were able to make it to that league. So I decided to go to school all the way across the country, and I've always wanted to um, incorporate business and sports together. So that's how I ended up at Syracuse, and after I graduated, I'm aspiring to be a basketball agent. So that's a little background of myself. And besides like the whole sports and, you know, being Filipino, I guess, another part of me is that I'm a really, really big music head. I love hip hop, love R&B. And that's sort of uh, what I do. Oh, I also write for two music bags back on campus. So that's, I guess, a little bio about myself. Awesome, man. That's, that's, that's so cool. And, you know, with, with sports, so is it, is it just basketball or is it sports that you have a love for? So originally it was just basketball. And then as I sort of opened up my horizons to, you know, other sports, like I've always been a big football guy too. Like a lot of my family's from the Bay area. So we're Niner fans. Um, But like looking back, like I was never a really big baseball guy until my friends who were all on the baseball team ended up taking me to a game. And I fell in love with that sport too. Just like the whole environment. Um, It's really sports as a business sort of like as, as its own entity, but when it goes down into like the nitty gritty and like what I personally want to see myself in it would be basketball gotcha okay and now i have to ask was part of uh wanting to go to syracuse because of how historic their basketball program is here's the thing man i'm not even gonna lie i didn't know anything about syracuse basketball like i knew it was a cool school i think when i applied one of the one of the questions on the you know infamous common app is like how do you want to leave syracuse or like well, you know, what is the modern image of success or whatever, right? And yeah. I name dropped Carmelo and Michael Carter Williams. I had no clue about any other basketball player that had ever gone besides Carmelo. So yeah. by the time I got there, everyone's making a big deal talking about, oh, it's Syracuse basketball, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you know, I go to the school now. So I'm like, I have to be really intact with the culture. And then I realized how big of a basketball school it was, like from Jim Beheim to, yeah. you know, all their appearances in March Madness. I'm just like, whoa. But no, I had no clue it was a basketball school. But after being there for four years, I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I wear orange on my chest now. Like I, I, I rep it to the fullest because of his basketball history. 
I love that. That's so funny that like you, you know, I mean, who doesn't know mellow, but um, you know, just like going in with like little kind of knowledge about the program and then just like it fits perfectly with you. Right. Like, I mean, just to uh, imagine even having the opportunities to go to some of the games, you know, as a student, I'm sure it was probably a great experience if you were able to go to any. Oh, trust me. I have worked every job in terms of basketball with Syracuse University. Like, I yeah. trust me, like, I'm, I'm 21 now, so I can say it. But, like, you know, I've been there. I've been, you know, the college student that, you know, we get a beer or two, go watch the Duke game, go, you yeah. know, wa- watch all that. But I've also been on the floor as, like, a Q's crew mark. And I've, like, sold, you know, I've, I've worked concession stands, too. So I've worked every aspect, and I've been in every aspect of Syracuse basketball. And I can tell you now, I think being a student and just being in that entire dome while, you know, 30,000 fans erupt simultaneously just yeah. seeing, like, a player dunk is perhaps one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had. That's awesome. So, Jake, you know, you, you mentioned you're from California, and then you went out to Syracuse for school. Like, what was that like for you? I mean, was there anything that drove you to wanting to go across the country for college? Or, like, what was that transition like? Was it all good? Did you struggle with it any? Oh, man. Okay, here's the thing about that. So, uh, I actually love talking about this whole process because I think it's funny because, you know, whenever I'm in Syracuse, I get to name drop I'm from California. And whenever yeah. I'm back home, I get to name drop the fact that I go to school in New York, right? Right. So I think it's sort of cool. But here's the thing. I'm actually an only child um, to the product of, you know, Filipino parents, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm their little boy, right? I'm their baby boy. They never wanted me going, like, out of everyone in my friend group, they definitely did not expect me to be the one to leave, you know, um, the state. And to be honest with you, I only applied to West Coast schools with the exception of like two East Coast schools. And, you know, I got waitlisted for my top two. I got denied from like all three San Diego schools within the same hour on the same day. So like it wasn't looking that good. And then I ended up getting into Syracuse. And because, you know, I didn't really have that many options. I think I had Syracuse, Emerson, CSUN, and then I got waitlisted at LMU. Um, I, what ended up happening was I just decided to go to Syracuse because it was the only school I got accepted in for sport management. And I was like, you know what, just like you said, it's a basketball school. I did light research. Like they have a good program, I guess I'm going to go check it out. So next thing you know, I'm going to play with my dad, 3000 miles away from home. We land and all I see is just nature and green and just, you know, just real stuff that doesn't identify with Los Angeles or what I've seen growing up. And then I'm there and I realized Syracuse is, it's like, the campus itself is its own little city within a city. Right. Right. And I realized, you know, I'm 3000 miles away from home. And like, Zach, where are you from, Zach? I got to ask. I'm from Michigan. Okay. So in Michigan, you know, you have your kids that go to UMich, Michigan state, you know, like a bunch of other Michigan schools. And, you know, occasionally you'll probably see those kids drive back home on a weekend, just in case like they miss their family. They miss their friends that are probably going like, you know, Juco back home. And like, I never got that experience because I can't just hop on a plane you know, 3000 miles and just go see my family. So, you know, really going to school 3000 miles away from home really built me as a person, like, you know, in terms of independence, learning a sense of self, really understanding what makes me, me as a person. I think all of that really encompassed, you know, my experience at Syracuse going to school away from my family. So like, you know, in a sense, I never really wanted to go to school and leave my entire family and like all my friends at home. It was just the path that was sort of given to me, right? Right. But looking back at it, you know, I'm super grateful for the opportunity, really happy about how I came out of the situation and, you know, really happy with all the 
you know, all the connections, all the people, all the friendships I've made throughout, you know, the last four years. That's awesome, man. So like, I'm assuming when you went out to Syracuse, you didn't have any friends or anything that were really going with you or anything, right? Oh, here's the crazy thing. Oh, I get to name drop. Awesome. But um, <laughs> here's the thing. So I, like, I, I'm not sure how other kids do it nowadays, but when when I first got into Syracuse, when I got my acceptance letter, right, um, my friend JP, he goes to Occidental College, he uh, me like he was the first one out of our, our friend group to get accepted into college. So he's showing us, he's like, hey, these are all the people I've met. Like, we all joined a group chat, you know, through Facebook. And like, now we're, I'm in a, you know, in a group meet. And, you know, I was like, I want that. I want that experience. So yeah. I haven't used Facebook in years. So I logged, I reactivated my Facebook. I hopped in the first group chat I saw. I think it was like class of 2021 Syracuse and everyone makes like these giant group me's or whatever. And I hopped in a group me of like 200 people and it's literally just people just, you know, spamming messages, whatever. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Um, And I'm an, you know, I'm an extrovert by nature. I love talking to people, but over a text, it's completely different. So I was like, uh, I got to make myself seem noticed. So I just started talking to whoever was talking at the time. And those people made a separate group chat and those ended up being the friends like I think it was like May or like June before we all went to Syracuse and that those small like 12 13 people that I met that we made a subgroup chat of I ended up talking to those people and I think six of them uh they ended up being some of my closest friends on campus at Syracuse and I ended up knowing them before we went in like during freshman year so I already had like a small set set of friend groups or a small set of friends before I went which was really like it was a lot easier for me to make that transition um, and on top of that, I don't know how this happened, but one of my um, one of my really close friends at the time, he had, he was actually my neighbor. We went to elementary school together, and then he moved away all the way to New York, uh, like when we were young. I think we were like seventh, eighth grade, and he moved away. And then I don't know how. I think he found me through Facebook or one of our mutual friends that he still used to talk to from elementary school. Let him know that I was going to Syracuse. He also ended up going to Syracuse from Long Island, and we ended up being friends because we were in the same dorm. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Wow. That's wild, man. And I mean, also, yeah, like I I graduated from undergrad in 2018 and I'm actually doing my master's now. But um, like back when I was going into college, I remember like there's that like, you know, I went to Central Michigan. We There's like a Central Michigan like Facebook type app thing mm-hmm. that it's kind of like the same premise, like just a whole bunch of people like, hey, class of 2018, you know what's up um like you could use it to find roommates if you needed a roommate or whatever so that's yeah. really cool that you're able to utilize that especially like for someone like you jake where you're traveling thousands of miles away like it's not like you could just go to campus and be like oh hey like i never really knew this person but i went to high school with them or like they went to the high school like a couple miles away exactly. like you literally yeah. were like i need to meet people and you made it happen so that's awesome and it's cool that they you know some of them became some of your best friends that you've made there of course, yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop because I can. Shout out my boy Birch. Shout out my girl Paola. Hey, I gotta ask Zach. Um, yeah. You know, Central Central Michigan, and you're doing your master's. You know, Central Michigan for undergrad, and now you're doing your master's. Where are you doing your master's at, by the way? I'm actually doing it at Central Michigan. Word. What was your major as an undergrad student, and like yeah. your sort of process choosing that major and thinking, okay, I'm gonna do this, and then down the road, I'll pick up you know, this, that, and the other, or maybe I'll go to grad school. Maybe I'll do this after. How, what was that whole process be like? For sure. So yeah, um, did undergrad at CMU, started in 2014. Going into college, I um, I was a little undecided with major. I 
did AP psychology in high school and I loved it. So I was really big on psychology and I loved people and just, um, you know, connecting with people and just how like people worked. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. But then I went into college in my first like year, year and a half. I just heard from people and just research online, got like the fear of, oh, I'm going to major in psych and not be able to find a job and not have like stability in my life or I'm going to have to go to grad school. And at that time in my life, financially, grad school wasn't really like a possibility for me um, or anything I was considering. So out of fear, essentially, I switched my major to economics. So I was an econ major minoring in uh, leadership and psychology. And wow. Yeah. And I did that because, you know, like I, I did well in high school econ. It was like interesting enough. And I was like, I can probably get like a cool, you know, analyst job, whatever that will be pretty well paying and stuff. So I did that for about a year, year and a half, and I hated it. I was so miserable, man. Like, I just, I couldn't do econ. Like, I was doing fine enough in the class, and I was passing, but I was just so miserable. So I made the switch, and then I switched. um, I took the psych minor and made it my major. So psych major, and then I minored in leadership and management, and that's what I actually ended up finishing my undergrad in. That's Um, so cool. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, it's kind of similar to you in, in a sense, Jake, where I wanted to combine psychology and just people with business. So mm-hmm. kind of like sports and business, but more so than just the general people in business. And mm-hmm. I come from an athletic background. Um, I, I love sports to this day. So I really got big into like uh, sports psychology and social psychology, which wow. is really interesting to me. So yeah, really, I was just thinking about how I can take psychology and use that in the business world. So really what, that kind of helped me figure out was um, things like human resources. So what mm-hmm. that training, developing, coaching, interviewing, recruiting, stuff like that. That's where I kind of found my niche. Um, so I spent some professional experience doing that. And then I just started my master's this past fall um, at CMU again. And I'm getting my master's in human resources and leadership. So Very cool. yeah, Very so cool. that's just a little bit about me. But, um, you know, I, I'm big on sports. I'm big on people. So I figured you know, similarly to you, like, how can I make those passions align with in the business realm? I feel that. I feel that. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, appreciate that. So, you know, that kind of turns it to to you. You know, what was your process? I'm, I know you mentioned when you were applying, you were accepted into the business or the sports management program. Mm-hmm. Is that something you always knew that, like, that is the program for you? Or what was the process like for you? So here's the thing. Um, back when I was in high school, we had this little program called Connect to Success, right? Okay. And it's during our junior year of high school. So we're like 16, 17 year olds. And at the time, when you're like, I don't know what it was like in Michigan, but when you're 16, 17, living in the suburbs of LA, you know, you don't really think about what we're going to do in the future. You're really at that point, you're just thinking, okay, I'm in high school. How am I going to get through these AP classes? How am I going to get through these honors classes? Where am I going to college after? Like, we are not thinking careers at this point. So, you know, and like, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm a pretty average, like B student, right? So I try, but I don't apply myself that much sometimes. So when it comes down to it, you know, we have this connect to success project and Uh, what happens is we're supposed to be linked up with like a mentor or an industry professional and we job shadow them for the day. And then you turn something in a lot of people, you know, including me, like I, I was going to do it. Like we kind of BS the assignment because it's something they make every junior do every year. So what happened with me 
was, you know, I told my mom about the assignment and my mom being, you know, the very traditional Filipino woman that she is, she's like, okay, you're not going to BS this, this assignment. You're going to, you're going to take it seriously. So she calls someone that she, you know, worked with her or whatever. And then they make some phone calls, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I'm getting an email from Wasserman Media Group. And I just happened to get a job shadowing or an opportunity to, jo to job shadow one of the biggest agents in the world in Richard Motzkin. And Richard Motzkin, if you'll Google him later, he's perhaps one of the biggest soccer agents in the world. He represents like half the, you know, U.S. women's national team and the U.S., you know, national men's team. And at the time, I'm not really big into soccer. I had friends that like played soccer at school. So I would mm -hmm. tell them and they're like, oh, you know, that's so cool, blah, blah, blah. And I was, you know, I was thinking like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I got to job shadow him and Ted Helfrich, who was his coordinator at the time. And I got to go down to the off their office down in Westwood. And I was just blown away by the entire experience, the way they were explaining, you know, their operations, how their office culture is, you know, you know like on a weekday, they'll just see like Russell Westbrook walking through the office <laughs> or AD will just come in. And at the time, you know, for a 17, 16, 17 year old kid, you're thinking, wow, I want this job. This is, you know, this is like the contemporary idea of the modern image of success, right? Like this is yeah. what I need to be. This is what I want to be. And once I saw that, once I just tasted it, right? I didn't get to look at anything cool. I just, I saw their office. I got to look at, you know, a couple, a couple of details here and there, but I knew nothing about the industry. I just knew I wanted that job in particular. I wanted to work at that company right there. So from then on out, I was like, yo, I want to be a sports agent. I want to be a sports agent. And then after that, I think it's what your junior year of high school. That's when you have to start like looking at colleges and start touring yeah. and stuff like that. So I toured one college. I toured LMU and I was like, you know, this is cool. I want to go here, you know, close to home. I get to visit my family. A lot of my resources are still here and I want to go there. So made a little list. Honestly, it was the college application process is so, is so traumatizing for me. Like I still remember all nine schools that I applied to. Yeah. But I, um, yeah, ended up applying to just all West Coast schools and they were either marketing. And I think the only sport management programs I applied to were Pepperdine, waitlisted and uh, Syracuse. And everything else was just marketing, like just pure marketing. And I figured, okay, if I, if I do marketing during undergrad, when I get out, I'll focus more on sports or I'll do something, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I saw sport management at Syracuse, saw sport management at Pepperdine and there's not a lot of sport management schools you know, where I wanted to go to school personally. So I was like, let's do it. Let's go to, let's, you know, I got in for sport management at Syracuse. Let's go there. So that's how I ended up at Syracuse. And that's how I ended up choosing my major. <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. And, you know, this is probably the, the million dollar question, Jake, that you've probably gotten a lot of and might not like. So I apologize in advance. But um, now that you're graduating, like, I know you mentioned you, you aspire to be, a basketball agent but like do you have like a plan set for right now oh, or like do you yes. know what's what's coming up yes so here honestly that wasn't the million dollar question but i love that because okay. i actually asked that question i love asking you know i love putting people on that pressure platform and asking them hey what's yeah, yeah. the plan after college where are you going what jobs right. do you have right because everyone right. wants to know everyone's a little nosy about that and so am i yeah. So with me, um, a lot of my friends, you know, shout out to them. A lot of my friends are getting into grad school now. A lot of them are posting their acceptances. A lot of them are getting, you know, they're, they're doing their law school stuff. They're getting in. For me personally, I wanted to take my time with this process because I'm not the strongest student personally. Like, I, like on, on the surface, I seem like I'm all right. I know how to talk to people, but that's, that's me. I, 
I'm not a standardized test taker. I think I got like a 1210 out of 1600 on my SAT. Like I am not the strongest test taker, but I will try, you know, I'll try my butt off the entire time. So my plan, and I'm currently doing it right now, is I'm actually with Global Prep Academy. Um, they were my, uh, my mentor, David, was the one that actually helped me get into Syracuse in the first place. Uh, he's put together this, you know, four month plan for me to study for my LSAT. And I see him at least once a week in order to sort of go through, you know, what do I need to work on in terms of LSAT, um, LSAT prep? You know, what else do we need to prepare for? Are there essays we need to have done? And that's sort of my path. I think I'm taking it in September, I want to say, and then hopefully applying for spring admission, or if I have to wait a little more, I'll do fall admission, fall admission of next year. But that's sort of my plan as of right now. And I'm looking to go to law schools back on the West Coast because as much as I love Syracuse, um, my, my personality is just like, I need to be in a city. I, I can't be in a suburb. I need to be in some, you know, place that has constant change. But that's really, that's my plan after. So yeah. Okay, gotcha. And now just to be upfront with you, I'm not too familiar with just what goes into being like an agent and everything. Is, is law school a necessary part of that? So if you want to be an NBA agent or a FIBA agent, yes, okay. law school is a thousand percent necessary. Um, I believe there's other roles like a manager or, um, you know, some sort of management company there where you don't need to have a law degree or you don't need to go to law school after. But for my industry and the position that I want specifically, yes, law school is one of those barriers that you have to you know, sort of overcome in order okay. to, you know, become what you want to do and chase your dreams. So that's sort of my goal right now. Perfect. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. And that, that definitely helps kind of like, for me, just like understand the vision and the goals and like the path that you're going to be on. So that's really cool to hear. Um, I know you mentioned you were able to do the job shadowing and everything uh, back in high school, but other than that, has there ever been any like agents in the MBA or just in general that you've really looked up to or that you aspire to be like or are you just kind of trying to do your own thing so i seriously i've been blessed to have been surrounded by a number of agents and managers within the past four years that have given me excellent excellent advice but um so the school i'm actually in like you know how you know like in your school you probably have a business school and a, yes. and a college of arts and sciences in my school for sport management we our school is called the david falk school of human dynamics i really hope i didn't butcher that um, but so David Falk just happened to be Jordan's agent. And when we get to Syracuse, like every year, like our freshman year, he has a conversation with us along with, um, one of our professors and they tell us up front, do not become an agent. And I listened to that for like the first two years. And that's when I sort of flipped into marketing and sort of expanded my horizons to understand like sponsorship and, you know, <laughs> other aspects of like the industry. But then I circled back and I ended up, uh, wanting to be, you know, a basketball agent. But in terms of actual agents, you know, in the internship that I'm in now, um, he's perhaps like one of my greatest mentors that I've ever had. And it's Andrew Stallings. He's the CEO and founder of the Othello Group. And he has taught me more about the industry than I could have ever imagined. And before him was Jake Kelfer, who runs um, the professional basketball combine. And he also, you know, he wanted to, he was an aspiring agent at the time. And he ended up creating this super dope secondary basketball combine that I got to be a part of when I was only 19. Like I was super young when I joined that. And then other than that, um, there's been a list of other agents, you know, I'm gonna I'm shout them out because I can like Silas Gaines. He's the CMO over at Slash Sports. 
Um, Chuck Mizoraka, he's an agent over at Slash Sports. Jonathan Stoller, he runs uh, Stoller Sports and Entertainment. Um, Keyshawn over with, ah, I don't know what he runs, but I know he's like Ty Cockfield's agent. Like there's been Gary Durant. Like I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so into it right now <laughs> because this is my space. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm talking fast. Like I'm in the zone right now. But that's like, that's what I love about the industry is, you know, getting to know so many agents, getting to know so many people within my field and yeah. having them just sort of put me on and give me advice to sort of help me benefit and grow as the person that I want to be. Because, you know, you don't just give advice to anyone. You don't just tell people, hey, do this, do that, do that. You give advice to people that you trust and you want to see succeed and you hope in the future they will, you know, at some point return the favor for you. So that's why I love this industry. I love reaching out to other agents and it's a hungry field. It's competitive. So if they didn't believe in me, then by all means, they would have never given me advice in the first place. For sure. Definitely. And, you know, Jake, I have to ask you, you mentioned that you're, you're a hungry person right now. And like, just off the record, when we've chatted, you've just mentioned like you have this hunger and this drive. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Oh, that's a fun one. All right. So yeah, I've, 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 I'm going to sound like a broken record. Cause I think I said traditional like three times already, yeah. but let me, let me put a flip on it. So both of my parents um, are actually from Hawaii. Right. Um, okay. And they're, they were born to very, very, very traditional parents of Filipino background. Like my great, sorry, my, um, I'm sorry if you can hear like noise in the back, just let me know. I can't really do anything about that but um so both of my parents grew up in Hawaii but my grandparents both came like both sets of grandparents came to America and they actually migrated to or immigrated to Hawaii and what they used to do in order to get you know side cash like my great-grandfather was a soldier and he ended he found his way over to Hawaii um and my other great-grandfather was a pineapple farmer so I come from really, really humble beginnings to the point, oh, actually, I've never been able to tell this story like recorded. So this is awesome. So my great grandfather on my mom's side was a pineapple farmer. And what he used to do was he would make, I think it was, he would make like $8 or 10, 10 to $8 a week. And what he would do is he would save $2 for himself and send the six, $8 back to the Philippines so his family could come over to, the, to America. And, you know, sort of through learning stories like that and just being passed down, you know, different stories of that nature, just through word of mouth from like experiences with my grandparents, um, those humble beginnings from that to my grandparents also, you know, because once they moved here, like my grandparents also still had to work in the pineapple fields. They were still, you know, trying to provide for their family and stuff like that to give them the best that they could. And then when it got to my parents, my parents grew up in, I would say like, I'd say like low middle-class housing to like almost poverty, but they weren't like super, super poor, but they, you know, they, they were living. Mm -hmm. Um, So my parents grew up like that. They were, you know, they worked, they worked their butts off. And then you get me as a byproduct. I grew up in, you know, perhaps one of the most privileged neighborhoods in Southern California. And I'm, you know, I I get to have the privilege of going to a private, uh, you know, a predominantly white institution all the way across the country right Mm -hmm. so when I know I have you know stories like that and I you know in my blood I have the same blood as the people that were working weeks and weeks and weeks just to work for six dollars to get for their family and then you look at the resources that I have now like I don't have to worry about proper internet I don't have to worry about certain school equipment I don't have to worry about 
you know, what opportunities are going to come my way because I'm there to take every opportunity that's coming my way. I, I don't let any, st any stone turn on, uh, or that any stone turn unturned or something like that. Um, Left unturned. So that's what, there we go. That's, <laughs> man, yeah, you were, you definitely took AP psych. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that, that was basically it. So my parents, the way they raised me was the same way they were raised. It's very neo-traditional though, in a sense where I'm still raised with the same traditional values, like work hard, provide for your family, you know, never back down to anyone type stuff. But they also gave me, you know, ideas that were, I'd say, you know, a lot more contemporary and modern, you know, like they don't say like, oh, you know, make sure you, they say, make sure you get rest. You know, you don't always have to do, you know, people are going to get disappointed. You don't have to always make sure everyone is solid. You can make sure that you take time for yourself. You can worry about mental health. You can worry about being stressed. It's okay to take a break every now and then. And I think it's sort of a combination between those two where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the best that I can possibly do with the tools and resources at my disposal. So, you know, a lot of the kids I go to school with, they're, they're the byproducts of like, um, what's it called? Like parents with, uh, you know, undisclosed networks that I would never see, you know, some of the pr most prestigious private and boarding schools in the country. And they have all this, you know, like high level or um, was it uh, high level income where it's just like, they have everything. They were literally given everything. So they're not, they weren't raised like me. They're not hungry. They, they don't, we want the same things, but I'm willing to work twice as hard just to get half the way. Like, that's really what drives me. Like, I love, I'm such a competitive person, out of, like, in my heart. But when I see kids with, like, privilege and the same privilege as me and they don't want it as much as me, I see it as an opportunity to sort of take that over. Like, if you and I want the same job, you got more resources than I do. Oh, you better believe I'm working my butt off just to get there before you do. You better believe that. So that's really where I think I got this hunger instilled in me. Oh, man, I love that. That gets me fired up just hearing that, Jacob. Oh, oh me. Let's go fight someone, dude. Like, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it's it's wild. Like, I mean, and I, I haven't told you this or anything, but um, and just for anyone listening and for you too, Jake, just some like context. Like, I've I'm 25 and in my time as a professional, I've interviewed uh, like for jobs over a thousand people. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. I've seen a lot of resumes. I've seen a lot of people kind of like reaching out cold, like, Hey, I'm, you know, so-and-so I'd love an interview or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you reached out to me, there was something that just like in that moment, I was like, let's talk to Jake. This is going to be a good conversation. This kid has a lot to say. I just had a feeling like a good gut feeling about awesome. interacting with you. But I, I don't think I could have expected necessarily this much fire and hunger. And I, I, I love that because in the, like, when you reach out, you message, like, you're just a hungry, like, college student and everything. And you'd love to, like, talk about that. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, maybe you'll talk about how he, you know, skipped some parties and stuff to, <laughs> to work hard at, like, you know, whatever he's pursuing. But to hear kind of, like, your stories and your background and just that drive that you have, man, like, it's really incredible to hear. And it's not like I'm, I'm that much older than you or anything, right? But just, like, mm -hmm. to hear someone like you that is, is younger, I'm like, that's, that's incredible. Like, you remind me of myself when I was that age and, like, things that Talk I was doing. It, and I'm like, it, this is amazing because like, I, you know, I, I love, I love people in general. I have a lot of great friends, a lot of great people I talk to, you know, regularly or every so often. And something that comes up in those conversations are like the, you know, I, 
like I really want to do something, but I don't want to get started or, you know, I don't want to start posting on YouTube because what if I look stupid or, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like they have that strong desire, mm-hmm. but the hunger or the fire is not there. I feel that. And, hey, yeah. Ah, man. Uh, yeah. So I was going to ask, cause you, here, this is a great sort of transition point into like posting content and stuff like that. So I love this right now. So yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm still, uh, what's called in my position. So I, uh, like I work with the Othello group. I'm, the executive marketing assistant right now. Like I'm still an intern. This was a position that I picked up for my capstone. Um, So I'm like, and I run a lot of like social media and stuff, but you know, even you with your podcast, right? Just like you hit it on the nail. There are so many people that I see, you know, just in general, like there's kids in high school, kids in college, kids, you know, I see professionals still doing this where they're like, I'm going to start, you know, posting this. I'm going to make an Instagram channel. I'm going to make a YouTube channel. I'm going to do this. And then there's so much strategy and planning behind everything they're going to do, but you just hit it, you know, but they'll do everything, but post it. There's mm-hmm. everyone can talk, right? Like you and I are talking right now and yeah. you know, I, I appreciate it because I think you and I are, you know, relatively similar in terms of, you know, hunger drive, this fire, you know, this real like dog mentality. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, when it comes to applying that to marketing and applying it to whatever passion project you're working on, there's so much strategy involved. There's so much planning And people miss the point completely where they're like, dude, just go post. Just how how do you know if anything's ever going to work or not if you don't actually do it? We can talk about it all day. You and I can talk about, oh, we're going to build this cool thing. But if you don't actually get out and build it, then nothing's going to come of it. It's going to be just another idea. And like, that's something I see way too often. Like, you know, walk me through, like, how did you come up with your Zap podcast in the first place? Like, what drove you to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to post this first episode. I don't care it's going up like you know, walk me through that whole process for sure yes yeah. so i like i've kind of touched on earlier i love connecting with people um i've always been one of those people like i'll go out to a restaurant and i'll, I'll talk to like my waiter waitress the host hostess whatever i'll go to the grocery store and whoever's bagging my groceries like i'll have a full conversation with them and like mm-hmm. not just like hey how's it going what's the weather like like i'll be like oh i see you're wearing like i don't know like a pistons hat like you big pistons mm-hmm. fan whatever so I've always liked to dive into deep conversations and stuff like that with people. And I consider myself very, very grateful to have the friends that I do have and, you know, to have met some of the people that I've met and everything. So I would just talk to these people just like personally on like a phone call, whatever. And we would just have these great conversations and I would be like, wow, like you, these people are saying really good things that I I want other people to hear about because like we're talking about things like you and I are talking about, like getting the drive and actually going out and doing stuff, not just saying it and talking about it, but doing it. So I was like, you know, how can I combine that? And I've always loved people like uh, um, Jimmy Fallon, James Corden, Ellen, like talk show host people. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why can't I do that? And I was like, there's no reason why I can't. So I, I will. So I uh, just like started learning, like, how can I host a podcast? Like what kind of hosting platform? How does it work? The uploading, the recording, all that stuff. I failed a lot. Like, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of mistakes that led me to this point. Like, yeah, there's just so much learning with it. But I had to have that mentality. Like, I don't care if I fail. I don't care if this is a complete flop. And like, if people don't listen to it or whatever. And um, with the podcast, like, I just was like, okay. So it was like the middle or end of March, March, 2021, where I was like, let me start doing this. Let me get to work. And 
basically at that point, I just started reaching out to my network and saying, like, hey, doing this podcast, planning and hope, hopefully launching it soon. Would you like to come on as a guest, talk about passions, talk about whatever? And people, like, I was like, maybe some people will say yes, but, like, people were saying yes left and right. Wow. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm on to something. And then, you know, at first I was like, maybe it's just because people are being nice. They want to support me, which I think, you know, definitely was part of it. I was like, that's cool. Like, I appreciate it. But then people were, you know, having these conversations with me. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, my God, that was incredible. Like, the whole conversation was amazing. And I was just getting really positive feedback, which really meant a lot to me. So that kind of fueled me more. And where we're at right now with the podcast, Jake, like there's only been a few episodes out. I put out an introduction and then I put out, um, I do one episode a week just for sustainability purposes and stuff. And um, those episodes are with a guest and everything. And, you know, I'm still early on in the process, but I'm learning each week, like, all right, so I'm putting like my social media posts out at this time, like, does it get a lot of traction or should I do it at like this time? What hashtag should I use? Stuff like that. And just even like quality of like recording and stuff. Like I don't edit any of these podcasts. It's all completely organic. So like if someone like knocked on your door and you had to go answer right now, people would hear that. Like <laughs> that's just the realness of this podcast. But um, yeah, I was just kind of like, why, why can't I do it? Like, let's go for it. And that's, I was just like, let's upload it. And that's where I'm at, man. And you know, my goal in life, you know, what I aspire to do is to empower and inspire people. So even if just one person, you know, says, I listened to Zach's podcast of that podcast and it inspired me, it motivated me or the guest said something and it changed my life. I don't care about anything else. Like I, I'm not doing this to make a lot of money. I'm not doing this to get famous of any sort or anything. Like I'm just trying to give people a platform like yourself who have some cool stories and cool perspectives and giving you that platform to inspire people because I mean, I'll tell you like the conversation we've had so far, man, like if I wasn't me and like, I just stumbled across this and heard it, I'd be like, wow, like these guys are onto something. They're talking about like hustle and grinding and working hard. And like, that would motivate me. So yeah. Hope that answers your question. Man, you are such a genuine person, dude. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You are so genuine as a person. So I got to ask, man, here, so there's, this is like a multi-layered question, right? Um, yeah. But here, so like think, so my theme for this next question is like connecting with people, right? Just keep it that, yeah, yeah. just keep that in mind because I tend to, you know, create side side quests when, okay. when I ask a question, right? So the initial setup question for me, for you actually, is like, you remember being in my shoes. You remember being, you know, a fourth year undergrad student at, C, you know, CMU wondering what the next step is in life, right? Yeah. So during your interviews, you've probably gotten a variation of a question like, you know, what makes you special? What value do you bring to the table? What was your answer whenever someone said, you know, what makes you special? What makes you different? How can you help our team? What value does Zach Host personally bring to the table? I like that. Honestly, like, I'm going to say my answer and you might just be sitting there and be like, man, that sounds really familiar. Um, I would always say that I, I might not be the smartest. I might not be the best at something but I will guarantee you that I will outwork anyone else in this world for what that is, for whatever the position will be. And there's been times where I've gone into things not knowing what I'm doing at all. Like Mm -hmm. this is completely a new field for me. And I'm like, I don't care. That doesn't scare me because I will put in the time and I will work hard. And it's all about leveraging like that network and that connection and just putting in the work when others aren't, Um, you know, like, 
going so just to kind of walk you through and anyone listening through i guess who doesn't know um junior year of college junior year of undergrad is the first uh the fall semester was the first time that i was a psych major officially mm-hmm. and i was like i need to find an internship for the summer i went to the job fair and i ended up landing an internship with cole's uh department store for a store management internship for the summer I ended up landing that with no retail experience previously. And I was the only person that was given an offer without retail experience. I'd be so mad. I'd be so (laughs) mad. So that was like how I went into it. And then I knew going into that summer that the best case scenario was I do really well in that internship. I crush it. And then at the end of the summer, they offer me a full-time job. So then I go back as a senior knowing that I have a job lined up after graduation. So I told myself that is what I'm going to get and no one's going to stop me from that. So leading up to the internship, I went on LinkedIn and I probably messaged 50 people that did the internship a year or two before me and just said, like, I introduced myself, said, hey, I'm doing this internship. It's really important to me. I'd love the opportunity for five minutes to pick your mind, ask some questions. And you sound like me. Right. (laughs) Some people... Some people were like, oh, yeah, sure. Some people were like, ah, sorry, I don't have the time. And some didn't respond. But it's mm-hmm. just, it's a game of numbers. You know, you reach out to exactly. one person, your odds might be slim. You reach out to 100 people, you're going to get some yeses. Yep. So I did stuff like that. I went into my internship junior year, or sorry, the summer of junior year. And um, big thing with Kohl's and just retailers in general is customer service satisfaction. So at Kohl's, you know, every week you get graded on how um, satisfied your customers report via survey and at my store specifically it was never over a 90 percent 89 percent was the highest satisfaction that that store has ever received for a week in 25 years um since it's been there and the first like second day i told the the store manager before the time i leave in eight weeks it is going to be above a 90 percent. i promise you that oh you're insane and i believe i i, I don't have it off the top of my head but i believe it was weeks six five or six was when it came in at a 93 percent wow first time in 25 years and i can't take all the credit for that and say like oh it was all me because really it was my team that did all the work i think i was just able to get them to buy into this goal and literally i would just go up to them and be like hey we're gonna get a nine we're gonna get at least a 90 today right and they're like yeah sure and i was like no no we're gonna do it they're like okay yeah and then after like a couple of weeks they're like yeah zach we're doing it we're gonna do this we're gonna get this and it was just kind of getting people to buy into that. So like, there's an example of it for you. And then like, just, you know, gratefully summer went really well. And around that same, like week six of out of eight weeks, they said, you've been crushing it. You have a full-time offer for when you graduate. So I accepted that. Wow. And then, um, you know, there was an opportunity as a senior to be a recruiter for Coles. So basically I was recruiting for the same internship that I did. Um, the previous summer, and then also recruiting students from out the mid throughout the Midwest for the same internship at their respective state. Um, and going into that, so CMU was a pretty good campus for Coles. We were top five in the country for like in terms of getting students, and then those students actually getting the full time offer, and then wow. being a successful manager. We were top five, and um, I went into that position senior year saying top five is not good enough. We're going to be number one. Mm, that's that dog and right there that's what by I'm the end for. of the year we finished number one in the country oh you're cold so oh. i mean it just stuff like that man and then like you know after 
after graduation, I started working. And then it's basically you do a 12 week program. After 12 weeks, you get a placement, which is like your permanent location, yada, yada, yada. I was doing that five weeks into it. I got promoted when it was supposed to take 12 weeks. And then I met another store just like doing doing a lot of good stuff and, you know, having a good time. And then it was like about a month and a half in. All right, you got a promotion. Do you want it or not? And I took that. So, I mean, it's just that mentality, man, that like no one can stop me. And like the only person that can limit me in life is myself. And I tell you these stories and like anyone listening to these stories, not to like brag or make it sound like I'm this incredible God that like can do anything and I've done crazy things because that's that's not even me. Like, I don't even like to talk about my accomplishments, to be honest with you. I feel that. Hey, tweet right. that. Tweet exactly. that, dude. But it's important, I think. And that's why I like this platform for us to have these kind of conversations. So the kid that's a freshman in college or, you know, a sophomore in high school can listen to this conversation and be like, Jake and Zach worked their butts off. And while other people were out partying or out sleeping or or not out sleeping, but sleeping or, you know, sleeping (laughs) in or whatever, you know, these kids were grinding and hustling. And, And that's not to say, like, I don't want anyone to think like, you and I don't have like a personal life where we hang out with friends or do cool stuff. Cause we both, I've definitely done it. I'm sure you have too. But yeah. I think like at the end of the day, just finding that balance and just knowing that if something's important to you, you're going to make it happen. You're going to put it in the work. And thousand percent. that's all it comes down to. Like if it doesn't matter enough to you and that's okay if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it's not that important, like you won't put in the time and effort and that that's okay too. But when you really want something, you have to find that hunger and you just have to chase hundred percent after it. Oh man, you sound like a life coach right now. Like I, I want to go out and like tackle a bear. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> but, oh, I love that, man. man. Oh, dude, that your story just way, way, way off the rails. I was gonna reconnect it back, but I know we have like a limited amount of time because I know you got something else to do. But, yeah. Um. Here, let me, because I, I can cut this into like three minutes. I promise you. Yeah. But, um. So that was seriously that that was a lot. Seriously, my blood, my adrenaline is all time high right now. But um, so the original question to that was, you know, what value do you bring? What sets you apart? What makes you special? Yeah. And clearly you gave me a lot of examples. So I applaud you, sir. But thank you. Bringing it back to, you know, connecting with people on sort of this whole spectrum. Whenever I'm approached or whenever I'm asked that question, you know, what, you know, what makes you special? What value do you bring? I personally me and like i'm i'm mean when i interview like not like not to interviewers i'm like the actual person inter- giving the interview to like another applicant um i ask that same question and it's a loaded question because i get a lot of kids saying oh i'm a hard worker oh yeah. you know this that the other and like in my head i'm thinking okay everyone's a hard worker i don't exactly. know if you're a hard worker until i actually see you right yeah. so with me you know i'm you just said like we're we're nothing special we're just we're very you know we're rude we have really good values and we have really really good work ethics right Mm -hmm. but with me personally whenever i'm asked that question i i purely say i think the best value i can provide is that i understand and i can connect with people on a deeper level uh, other than surface and i think that's something you and i like when you were just explaining you know your whole podcast and how you sort of went through and sort of inspired your team you know, I think that's something really, really common that a lot of people don't see as value, but I think it's an answer that provides so much. And it's a lot of what people need to hear when you have a kid, like you or myself, they come into an interview and they're like, Oh, what are you good at? You know, what value can you bring? That's different. 
I honestly, I understand people really well. I can hold a conversation with literally mm -hmm. anyone and I can provide value through that alone. Like if you don't want to take a call, I'll take it for you and I'll learn everything about that individual, that brand, that company. Oh, you don't want to take an interview. You don't want to take a call with this client. I will. I'll take it. Let me screen it for you. If it's not worth your time, I got it. You know, I think really yeah. connecting with people, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on a call, whether it's just like you said, talking to a person, talking to a person at the grocery store and just complimenting mm -hmm. their Pistons hat. I think it's super, super valuable to have that sort of asset, you know, to really understand how to communicate with people on a surface, you know, on a level that's deeper than surface. Like nobody wants to talk about the weather every day. Nobody wants to talk about right. stuff like that. But when you can understand a person and really add something, add conversation to their life, I think it opens up so many more opportunities and so many more doors for you just personally. I totally agree, man. And I think, you know, without even trying to, I think <laughs> kind of like my message was conveyed to you in the sense of like, I, you and I, like we both can run through a wall, mm -hmm. but I think we both also have the skill set where we want to inspire someone to run through a wall for us and clear yes. that way. And I think that's like, after I was talking to you just now, you're like, man, I want to go like tackle a bear. <laughs> that's kind of my goal with every conversation right like i want to get yeah. you inspired i want to motivate you and that is a skill set that i truly feel good about that i have and i i see that same in you man like just as fired up as you are i, I feel the same way and you know i'm honestly like i wish I, we didn't have to cut this short um because i could talk to you for hours man about this kind of stuff and connect but you know we'll We'll, we'll definitely have to have you come back. We'll definitely have of to course. pick up this conversation or just talk about the next things that you're up to in life. Cause you know, man, I have no doubt that you're, you're going to be doing huge things. I have no doubt about that, man. And I'm excited to see it and, and hopefully be a part of that journey with you as well. I appreciate you, Zach. You know, I would love to come back and do a part two, man. I would love yeah. to pick up where this conversation left off, but you know, just like, you know, you, would, I know you're going to do great things. I think of this conversation as sort of an investment, because I wanted to be, I reached out to you because I wanted to be a part of the I wanted to be a part of yeah. your story. And hopefully down the road, you know, hopefully I'm my image of success or I'm creating my own story. And I would love to come back and just show you what I've done, man. Seriously. Yeah, man. Anytime, anytime. You're always welcome back. We'll definitely chat. And I'm sure, um, you know, we'll have a lot of, t a lot of things to talk about off the record too. So man, keep me, keep me up to date on everything. Go out and keep crushing what you're after. And I'm excited for your future, man. Awesome. Appreciate you, Zach. Thank you so much, man. And I hope you have a great day. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, too. And uh, you take care. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye.